You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I've got a couple other little projects in the works. i got to figure out which one I want to do today. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I want to look at, uh, I guess we'll say it's a concept of trying to derive value from how much somebody's being paid. In other words, just looking at what you're worth, comparing that to what you're paid, and trying to determine whether you are adequately paid, underpaid, overpaid, Using that to try to assess the upcoming free agency period, which is to say, you know, we have a lot of theories on whether somebody's good or bad, but a lot of times we don't super take positional value into account. And so I want to do all that. And then I want to kind of look at as a team, how much value do the Packers have compared to how much are they paying, which is going to give two different value. Number one, how much value does the team have, period, which really is going to, it's, it's a monetary number. But what we're really looking at is how much value you bring, you know, within the realm of how much value the position brings. So with a positional multiplier, I guess. So again, it'll it'll be a it it'll be a dollar figure, but really it's just a number that represents how valuable the players are on this team. And then the second number will be how much value are you getting for the money that you're paying. This goes very heavily to the GM that you have. Or if you have a contract guy like the Packers do in Russ Ball, how good of a job are they doing? Because there's different kinds of teams. There are really good teams that really overpay. There are really good teams that are underpaying and some that are adequately paid. And there's also really terrible teams. However, they're they're not paying very much. You know, I'm not looking at it right now, but you would think of a team like the Miami Dolphins. They're not paying anyone because they don't have anyone. And the only guys worth paying, they got rid of. There are other teams that uh, pay a lot of money and don't get a lot for it. And so I'm assuming this is going to take all day because we're kind of looking at a bunch of different things. The Green Bay Packers, specifically the value there, the total value of the team as compared to the rest, and what kind of value per dollar are the Green Bay Packers getting uh, thanks to Russ Ball and also Brian Gutekunst. Because Brian Gutekunst has to say, for example, he's the one determining the value of the player prior to the contract. Russ Ball is just figuring out how to make the contract work. How do we do this financially so that we don't end up in two or three or four years in a world of hurt? But Brian Gutekunst is the guy that has to assess the value. Russ Ball isn't, you know, Brian Gutekunst didn't say, I want Zadarius Smith. And Russ Ball went and ran his calculations and said, I think $17 million. I mean, he probably had some input, but he needs to know what the value of Zadarius Smith is. And that's Brian Gutekunst's job with the help of his pro personnel staff. They had to assess his value at, you know, 17 million-ish or possibly less than or more than or whatever. Maybe they viewed him as a $20 million guy, which 
spoiler alert, that's exactly what he is. Zadarius Smith gave the Green Bay Packers $20 million in value. And really, what last year, when I saw we signed Zadarius for $17 million, and I believe my quote on Twitter was something to the effect of, well, that's a lot of money, was because I didn't believe he could provide $17 million in value because not many people do. And that's a little bit something else I want to dive into. How does that compare to some of the other teams? And I, of course, want to look at the Bears, Lions, and Vikings. And don't you worry, there's good news there. And that's the other good thing about this is that it's going to provide a little bit of teeth to some of the stuff that I've been saying for a long time because a lot of the stuff I've been saying is kind of observational and it seems like, it feels like, and just by skimming it, it appears this way. This is saying, you can't 100% to say definitively, much, again, it gives more teeth to the arguments that, for example, uh, the Vikings are a good team, but they are just a mess with their, you know, finances, things of that nature. So anyways, that is uh, what is on the agenda today. Moving forward, if you would like to join the Packernet Podcast Facebook group or like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, that would all be greatly appreciated. If you wouldn't mind supporting the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash pack underscore daddy. I know you're tired of hearing about it. I know you're already inundated with advertisements, but I hope you can also see that I'm trying very hard to provide value above and beyond the things that I'm forcing you to suffer through. I'm doing everything I absolutely can to try to make it worthwhile so that it's not crazy to you to give a dollar a month, for example. And I hope that I've done that. And I want to thank uh, guys like Mitchell and Wayne for jumping in on Patreon and supporting the podcast. It means a lot. Because the other thing it does is provide some sort of validation that I'm at least doing something right. Because nobody in their right mind is going to give even a penny to somebody that is just annoying them. So thank you all for your support. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll start diving into some of this good old juicy stuff. If you're trying to rack your brain thinking of something fun to do this spring, I've got a completely wacky and weird wild thing that you could try out. Maybe head on over to Arizona for the Cactus League spring training. Ten different stadiums, 15 different baseball teams. It's a much more laid-back environment. You can, you know, sort of meet and greet the players and get some autographs beforehand. And when you're not doing that, let me remind you, you're on vacation. And so there's nothing stopping you from getting some autographs, eating some ice cream and hot dogs, not super close together because that's gross. But, you know, baseballs takes a while. Eat one, settle, eat the other one. And then when that's done, you hop in the car and ride on down to the Grand Canyon. Because why not? You ever seen the Grand Canyon? I've never seen the Grand Canyon. Been to Arizona, never seen the Grand Canyon. But they put grand right in the name, so I don't know what you're complaining about. It's obviously awesome. So why don't you go plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Today's episode is sponsored by The Athletic, a subscription-based sports news site for real sports fans. I've mentioned several times how upsetting it is when you hear something declarative and then you have to keep tracing it back to the original source, and the original source is just garbage. It's an I think, or maybe, or could be. And then by the time it gets out to some of these other news sources, or national sources, or whatever, they change the title to say, Packers expected to release so-and-so. No, they're not. It is the opinion of one of the writers. But, because they get paid for how many people click on that link and go to their site, they distort the title and trick you into thinking something isn't true. And a lot of times, most people don't even click it. So they're basically just lied to with a title. The benefit of this subscription-based model is that they're not dependent on your clicks. 
They're dependent on subscriptions, and they only get subscriptions when they bring quality. Sort of what I was just talking to you about earlier with my Patreon. I'm not getting that unless I provide quality content. They have no ads, no clickbait, just great sports writing. So if you're ready to get 40% off a yearly membership, go to theathletic.com slash overtime. That's theathletic.com slash overtime. Make sure this is lowercase spelling. So essentially what this is, full disclosure, I didn't create this. But essentially what this is, is simply taking, as I said, the actual contracts in one column and then trying to create positional value based on the value you brought, which is a uh, combination of things like snap counts, pro football focus grades, other statistics to determine how much value you brought. So that, in it, you know, that part right there is what makes this difficult, but trying to do the best that can be done based on statistics and grades and everything else, to determine how much value you brought. Now, right off the bat, I, I don't want to give the impression that if you're overpaid, you have to go away. Because if that's the case, most quarterbacks that got paid you know, within the last two to three years, they need to go away. The fact of the matter is, if you want a good quarterback, you overpay them. So yes, Aaron Rodgers on this list was overpaid. So was Russell Wilson. The fact of the matter is these $35 million contracts, or in Aaron Rodgers' case, $33 million, you, you just can't, you can't match that. You're not going to bring that much value. And so there needs to be some kind of a, an understanding that in some cases we overpay. However, when you overpay, the problem with overpaying, and it's, it's the reason why all this matters, is because there's a salary cap. If there's no salary cap, overpay everybody. If, if you're a multi-bajillionaire, just overpay everybody. That way everybody comes and plays for you and you win all the time. The salary cap means it's a zero-sum game. Meaning if you pay everybody exact well let's let's start here. If you if you pay everybody based on what the position is worth, then it'll run your salary cap down to zero and everybody gets paid exactly what they're worth based on their positional value. If you look at their their player value, how much value they bring and you pay them exactly that then really your salary cap situation depends on how good or bad your team is. If you have a really good team, you can't afford them because you've, you've accumulated more value than what the salary cap provides. And so you, that's where you got to get creative. That's where the Ted Thompson type guys do a really good job of saying, how do I retain talent but not overspend? And then if you're a garbage team, you just don't pay anybody. But the, the, the additional issue is if you say now that I've got a guy that is overproducing, like Aaron Rodgers, let's say the... Standard quarterbacks getting paid $24 million. He's bringing $27 million worth of value. Is Aaron Rodgers going to stick around for $27 million? Absolutely not. Neither will any quarterback that's worth anything. You got the Matt Staffords, the Jimmy Garoppolo's. Everybody's taking $30 million contracts like it's nothing. None of these guys are bringing that much value. I don't know if I mentioned it. They said Russell Wilson brought about $29.2 million worth of value. He had the, I believe, highest positional value of anybody. And they also have injury-adjusted value, which kind of makes sense. Still, he wasn't injured. $29.2 million. How many quarterbacks are being paid more than that right now? So that's the dilemma. If we're going to overpay a quarterback, we got to underpay elsewhere. And usually the best way to underpay, because you're not going to just underpay a guy that's worth more because he'll just go somewhere else and get it, you're going to do that by drafting well. You get guys that are worth $10 bucks that you're paying $700,000 to. That's how you do it. That's how you can overpay a quarterback and overpay whoever. So 
Furthermore, as much as we look at it and it's it's discouraging to see that according to this sheet, Aaron Rodgers is one of the most overpaid players in football. I mean, there are several other. Let's see, he is 17th most overpaid. They also said he brought the, the fourth most value of any player in the NFL. So that's why you're overpaying him. To contrast that with something that's terrible, the most overpaid player, and this is where you got to start using some you got to think beyond the numbers, because if you're just looking at it, well, he's the, one of the most overpaid players, that's a bad thing. No, it's necessary. The most overpaid paid player, Eli Manning. Well, they're only paying him $21 million. it's not much, but he didn't play. He brought $2 million worth of value. As an aside, do you want to know who the second most uh, overpaid player is? Makes me smile ear to ear. Mr. Xavier Rhodes of the Minnesota Viking. $14 million contract he got. One of the worst corners in football. According to these numbers, $1.6 million in value. They paid $14 million for that. And by the way, let me just say, this is why tough decisions are made. This is why they have to make hard decisions on guys, not just like Clay Matthews, because not many people minded that. This is why they make tough decisions on guys like Randall Cobb and and guys like Jordy Nelson. Now, I, I still don't super agree with Jordy Nelson. However, it's one of those things... They just didn't feel he provided much value, and they wanted to move in a different direction. And obviously, by the way, it was swing and a miss on, on Jimmy Graham. That's Gutekunst's fault. He thought that he would get, I really doubt he thought he'd get $10 million worth of value. That was a situation where he was willing to overpay, but it super didn't work out. But this is why you have to make tough decisions. You can't just say, so what, let's pay $14 million. It's also what, what the risk is in pushing money out. Well, we don't have to pay that right now. We can just backload the contract. The problem is when you get to the backloaded portion of the contract where it's the heaviest, where it's the biggest, the most bloated, but it's also the lowest point in their career, you have a situation where a guy's bringing a million dollars in value and you're paying him $14 million for it. Toward the end of the year, he's sitting on the bench getting paid $14 million because he's not even good enough to beat out the other corners that aren't very good. By the way, you're also going to see a lot of free agents here, a lot of big-name free agents that a lot of guys get excited about. Josh Norman is on this list. I've been bashing him since forever because everybody still says he's a really good corner. He's not. He was a good corner for one year. His injury-adjusted value, this is because he was injured, and a lot of people, oh, he was hurt, that's why. No, 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 no. Adjusted for injury, he brought a million dollars worth of value. Injury-adjusted contract value, $13 million. You also got Patrick Peterson on this list. You got Brandon Cooks on this list. A lot of guys that you went out and paid a lot of money for. And there, there's some of these guys bring value, and that's fine. But when you're getting overpaid by this much, right, Brandon Cooks worked out great for a while. But if they don't maintain that level, you're in a you're in a pin. And this is where teams like the Rams really get in trouble because they went out and got a ton of guys. And as long as they're bringing value, you've got an issue insofar as you got to figure out how to get this, this salary dollars down a little bit. you got to let a couple guys go every year, maybe add some in the draft. You can, you can make this thing work, but when the wheels fall off, when suddenly you're not getting Brandon Cooks to pay off, when, when by the way, the next high, most overpaid guy is Jared Goff because you paid him and he's not bringing it, $10 million overpaid. You're paying him $33.5 million. That's the exact same amount per year that Aaron Rodgers gets. That's crazy. So that's where you look at these kinds of numbers and you say, who's in trouble? Forget 2018, 2019. That doesn't matter anymore. This is why things change so drastically, especially nowadays with free agency being so crazy. I mean, this this is fantasy football. This is just, let's just trade. I'll give you this guy for two of these guys. I'll give you a pick and a guy, you give me two guys. Or give me that really good guy and I'll give you five of my guys. That kind of stuff hasn't really happened, but you always got that guy in the league that's always trying that. 
Dude, I'm giving you five guys for one. It's a great deal. No, man. You're giving me five guys to put on my bench and making me delete four guys off my team that I don't want to. It's not a good trade. I'm sorry. It's just tangent. Don't be that guy, by the way. Also, again, trying to put some teeth to some of the stuff I've been saying. I talked yesterday about guys like Landon Collins and how I didn't think that was a very good contract. $14 million. It it makes sense to overpay a safety if he can be one of the top safeties. He was not one of the top safeties by a long shot. $14 million the man got paid. $4 million is the value he brought. He, he's, he's an average safety. And listen, there's nothing wrong with a $4 million safety. You, you drop $4 bucks on a safety that just comes in and brings whatever he can bring. He's there. He's not terrible. He's not garbage. But you contrast his play with $14 million, and I'll tell you right now, that is garbage. By the way, and we're going to get real excited when we talk about some of these other NFC North teams. The next most overpaid guy, Eddie Jackson. Do you know why? Because they bought high. They paid Eddie Jackson one year after he was the number one safety in football. He's coming down from there. He spent one, that, that is the Josh Norman thing. One year of being elite. Eddie Jackson came crashing down to earth real fast. And again, he brought, according to this, about $6 million worth of value. There's nothing wrong with that. If he's still on a rookie contract, we're still calling him one of the better safeties in football. But when you get a $14.6 million contract, you're the highest paid safety in football. I'm sorry, you just helped to wreck that team. Because that is a massive overpayment. And that means less money to go out and improve your team with. Less money to re-sign your guys with. You cannot build a team when you're overpaying your safeties by $8 million. You're, You're overpaying buy more than the value that they're bringing to begin with. He's worth six. You're overpaying by eight. What is that, like 120% premium? I'm sorry, no. Aaron Rodgers is getting like a 33% premium. By that, I just mean how much are you overpaying compared to the value that they brought? According to this, Aaron Rodgers brought about $25 million worth of value. He's being overpaid by eight million bucks. That's a premium. Are you willing to pay that percent, that 33-ish percent premium? to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think the Packers would say no. Now, would the Packers turn down an opportunity? You know, this, I saw this in the Facebook group. I've seen it a few times. If Tua falls, I don't think he makes it past three. But if he falls, do the Packers take him? Of course. I, I guess I shouldn't say of course, because if he slid that far, there's an issue. And that does, you know, clearly the Packers would see that issue. Plus, there's the risk of somebody trading up. I, it just, there's no way. But forget all that. Let's just say every other team doesn't get it, but the Packers get it, and they see him as a franchise quarterback, of course, because the value is always the thing. You, you, you can't get wrapped up in the player and, oh, what, what about Aaron Rodgers, and what about this guy, and we love this guy, and he's the heart. And so- that's true. That's great. But ultimately, as the GM and as, you know, if you're Russ Ball, your job is to provide as much value to this team as you possibly can within the parameters of the salary cap, which always means underpay. Right? It, it's, uh, I've talked about this before. If you have $10, you, you can do a lot of stuff. Let's say you walk into a market and everything's $10. Not everything in there is worth $10. The question is, what is the value of this thing you're going to walk out with? I don't want to come back with a meatball. I'd like to come back with a Ferrari. Obviously, way over-exaggerating either end of that spectrum. But you get my point. Your job is to bring maximum value per the salary cap. The only way to do that is to underpay and sometimes, like I said, you got to provide that premium. Okay, fine. But then we got to massively underpay elsewhere. And, and, and let me tell you, 
The Packers are doing a very good job of that, despite having a premium on a guy like a quarterback and a massive premium on a guy like Jimmy Graham. So before we move on to team-specific, I just want to highlight some of the uh, most underpaid, in other words, the best values in all football. Not surprisingly, almost all of them are, uh, are quarterbacks on their rookie deal. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. All four of those guys, the teams are getting $20 million worth of value over what they're paying. Which, by the way, if you're getting that, and and this is why everybody talks about why having these talented young rookies is so important, everybody would love, first of all, to not have that 33% premium, but instead to have a $20 million. we're, We're talking about, in some cases, they've got Dak Prescott being underpaid by $28 million. Couple that with an $8 million premium, we're talking $36 million in a swing. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody would love to have... Aaron Rodgers over Dak Prescott, with the exception of biased Cowboys fans who are going to lie. But if you ask the question, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers for $33 million or Dak Prescott for $680,000, it becomes a little more complicated because you can go out and get a lot of talent. Think about in the context of Zadarius Smith for $17 million and go, go think about how much, how much value you can get with that. It's just a thought exercise. I'm not saying we do it. It's never going to happen, and I don't want it to happen. Some other guys, uh, T.J. Watt, still on his rookie deal. He's getting paid $2 million, but he brought almost just about $19 million worth of value. Or, excuse me, no, it was over that. They have him at $21 million worth. He's, he's $19 million over the value that they're paying. Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Buccaneers. Um, non-quarterback Shaquille Barrett, obviously. Kenny Galladay's only getting 800000 That man's about to get paid. He's, he's under contract through this year, but yeah. I don't know, they, they might work out a contract with them anyway, an extension. They should, because, my goodness. But anyways, you, you kind of get the idea, right? This is the crux of what we're talking about. By the way, uh, the most underpaid, in other words, the most value that any Packer player provided. Could you take a wild guess who that might be? Just just pause the episode and think about it for a minute. Now, he's 24th down this list, so that, that you know there's not a ton of crazy good value. But it's Mr. Aaron Jones. We better watch out with his contract, by the way. And this is something else to consider. You start looking at these guys and you look at the positional value. This is essentially saying this is how much, roughly how much value they're bringing to the team. So when contract time comes up, you better believe that their agents are looking at, you know, maybe not these exact numbers, but they might be thinking in that ballpark. I expect my guy to get this much. According to this, he brought nearly $12 million in value, which is probably hard to dispute, especially when you look at his touchdown. We're paying the man six hundred and fifty thousand. Let's just just give the man a contract, will you? Just lock that man up. I know we got other stuff to worry about, but I like to think of myself as a cold, cruel numbers guy. You know, an evil, greedy capitalist and all that. But I see Aaron Jones making six hundred and fifty thousand, and granted, that's a lot of money. But I also think about him possibly getting injured, and it's like I just want him to get something. You know, I don't want him to be this good and then not get that contract. Like, hey, thanks for the five hundred touchdowns, burn. Get out of my team. Also just kind of worries me a bit when we look back on what I talked about, how about how it's not entirely ridiculous that the Packers draft a running back because, number one, I don't know if Jamal's worth sticking around or paying. I don't know if, we don't know if Dexter's ever going to pay an odd. I, I personally, having watched him run like three times this year, every time he does, it looks like he's about to break a big run. I don't remember watching him do it in college, but every time he did it in the pros, it's like, ooh, he is quick. He never goes anywhere, but, you know, he's got to work on that. But then the other dynamic is Aaron Jones. 
Think about it. By the way, they put him one spot ahead of Christian McCaffrey, the most value brought by any running back. Not not value created, but value over contract. Christian McCaffrey was about $15.6 million, but he's getting paid four. But that's the thing. You also have to consider the position. What what can you generally get from running back? You got a bunch of guys, you know, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook brought 10, Chris Carson, Derrick Henry. And so the, the, the question would arise, when we keep value in mind, if if uh, if Aaron Jones were to look at this and say, "Look, I want ten million," <sighs> I'm sorry, man. I don't know if I can do that. And that's not even that crazy. I mean, we're up to fifteen million. That's where we're at contractually. That's what Ezekiel Elliott just got fifteen million a year. So ten million for a guy like Aaron Jones, even with the somewhat lesser snap count, you take his his production into into account. Ten million is nothing. Devontae Freeman's getting eight point two. And I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Something to think about. That's all. We don't have to worry about it today. But let's quickly look at uh, the, the teams and where they rank. This is overall value. So this, again, again it's expressed as a monetary thing, but it, it's not specifically tied to the salary cap in any way. It's simply how much value did your guys bring. And you want this number to be as big as possible. If you can get this up to a billion dollars, go for it. Because you're not actually paying that. In terms of overall value that was brought, the Cowboys were the highest of anybody. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean best team. you got to take positional value into account here. So when all your best players are, for example, your quarterback, your pass rusher, your wide receiver, your left tackle, your right tackle, you know, all the premium positions are bringing all your value, which the, the, the Cowboys have that, because Dak is a, a good quarterback. He's not top five, but he's, he's, a, he's a good enough quarterback. I don't know if he's worth the contract he's about to get, but again, that's the premium thing we were talking about. The second highest team in terms of value was the Saints, $243 million. The Cowboys were 244 The third is the Buccaneers, which is pretty shocking. But again, think about where the value is. They've got Jameis Winston, who, you know, when you consider positional value, they've got him at $23 million. That's a lot. Yes, he threw a lot of picks, but he also threw like 700,000 touchdowns. You've got Chris Godwin, very good wide receiver. you got Shaquille Barrett. And then you figure a lot of this has to do with there's a lot of averaging going on. You know, how many lower-end players do you have, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that one's shocking. And if I cared enough, I would do a little bit more exploration into how exactly that came to be. But I don't super care. Number four on this list is the Green Bay Packers. They have a 237. The next highest is 232, the Rams. So according to this, the fourth most valued team, valuable team based on production, is the Green Bay Packers. Now, again, remember, Zadarius. Devante, Rogers, Bakhtiari, stuff's going to add up. And again, th- this has nothing to do with how much we're paying. This is just value. Three spots behind that, they have the Vikings at $221 million. 11th from the bottom is the Chicago Bears at $194 million. Fourth from the bottom, they have the Detroit Lions at $179 million. The only teams they have worse are the Redskins, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Now, if we look at value, how much value are you getting compared to what you're paying? The the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are number one, getting $78 million worth of value over what they're paying. Now remember, the other part of this is that Jameis Winston is only being paid $6 million. If they decide to keep him and pay him 30 some million dollars this all completely falls off. The seventh highest team is the Green Bay Packers. According to this, they have the Packers who, first of all, pay a ton of money. The, the big reason that a lot of these other teams are ahead of them, they have the Packers paying $200 million 
no team above them is paying more than 108. So a lot of their value has to do with not paying out a lot of big contracts. The Packers are paying a lot, but they're getting a lot and end up with $37 million over the value they're paying. The teams that are getting more value, and again, it doesn't mean a better team. It just means they're they're not overpaying and they have a lot of value remaining. Some of these are good teams, some of these are bad teams. Patriots, Cardinals, Ravens, Bills, Cowboys, and Buccaneers. There are only eight teams who have negative value. Only eight. That is to say they're getting less value than what they pay for. Which, if you think about it, that's actually kind of hard to do when you consider rookies almost always provide more value than what you pay for. I mean, any rookie that's any bit talented, which, I mean, you're putting him on the field, so there you go, or, or a guy on his rookie contract, you would assume you'd be able to get a bunch of value there to help support all the extra overpayments that you're making. And so, again, you've only got eight teams that are that are overpaying. Three of those teams are NFC North teams. <laughs> the Vikings, they have overpaying by two, uh, $2 million, $2.3 million. The Lions are overpaying by $4.1 million. The Chicago Bears are dead last on this list by overpaying everybody way too much. The Bears, with a quarterback on a rookie deal, which is the real kicker here, are overpaying their players by $25.6 million. I want to take a break, and then I want to dive into that a little bit and then talk about the Packers. So I want to look at each of the NFC North teams and then spend the most of the time at the end talking about the Packers. But I want to just kind of look at a lot of these guys. Um, Number one, just to feel good about ourselves. But number two, this is all education. This all matters when we start talking about free agency and stuff because you start remembering these things and go, ooh, I don't know. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So before we get started, can I make a request? You know, when you turn 18 years old, you're an adult. And one of the things that I think is important to do when you become an adult is to stop following dumb trends. Stop. Because you're not in, you know, high school or middle school anymore, so you don't have to fit in with a bunch of degenerates anymore. It's not a big deal. You just get to go do whatever you want to do. And when a group of of people start saying weird stuff, you have the privilege of not having to say that stuff anymore. So if you're young, I'll, I'll say... 
22-ish is, is the absolute cutoff. If you're older than 22 years old, and I see you either saying Stan or carries the G, I'm going to virtually kick you in the throat. Stop saying that. We've had, I've, I've, I've already had to talk to you guys about that's fire, right? We, we've had this talk, and I, I hate to use my big boy voice, but y'all are getting out of control with, with the, the cringe talk. Because that's exactly what I do as I scroll through Twitter, is I just cringe. Especially when I'm seeing like 50-year-old dudes saying it. I'm sorry, you haven't been cool for 30 years and you probably were super uncool before that. Regardless, stop trying, man. You know what cool is? It's not caring what everybody thinks. That's, that's cool, alright? You want to be the cool kids? Stop caring. Trying to do what 13-year-old girls are doing on TikTok is not what's going to make you the cool kid. Knock it off. Billy, don't go making memes about this either. Carries the G. I'm, I swear. Anyways, more updates on banned words to come. <laughs> Facebook, I just thought of this. Facebook in the Facebook groups allows me to set up um, filter. You know, because you know, banning everybody and, and deleting people is, is like a national pastime these days. So they're like, any words that are naughty, you can put it on a list. And then you can, you know, reprimand them and say, don't say that word. I'm going to start putting these words on there. Because for the most part, I don't care what you do. That's probably why the Facebook group is is doing well. Because I'm not sitting there saying, follow the rules every five seconds. Because I don't care. Because there are no rules. It's a lawless wasteland, the Packernet Podcast Facebook group is. But there will start, starting today, there will be some rules. No fire, no stan, no carry the G. And I will enforce that with ruthlessness. All right, so let's start with the Minnesota Vikings not super surprisingly, they also had Dalvin Cook as their most valuable player, which really kind of just goes to what I was talking about before about the potential of drafting a new running back. Because I'd be willing to bet there's quite a few running backs that are providing the most value for their team. And I kind of think that's part of the point. Granted, you have to be good at it, but that's kind of what I'm talking about, isn't it? Drafting a running back kind of early as opposed to just waiting until the fifth round, make sure you're stocked up with guys that are pretty good number twos. I'm talking about the potential of a second or third round running back. I'm not saying I want it or that it's the highest priority. I'm just saying, should we completely take it off the list of of possibilities? Because again, from a value standpoint, if we're looking at, do we pay Aaron Jones $10 million or do we bring a guy in here, pay him, you know, 700,000 and have him bring the 10, 11 million worth of value? I'm I'm just, just thinking out loud. However, we're not here to talk about uh, the positive value because that's not what makes the Vikings special. Let's look at a few of these things. I already mentioned Xavier Rhodes, one of the most overpaid players in football. And by the way, it's fun to be able to say that and have numbers to back it up. Not not exact or perfect numbers, but fairly solid numbers. Right? A, a uh, You build a criteria that you can use across the NFL that is even and equal, and these are the results. And best of luck trying to find a formula in which Xavier Rhodes isn't one of the most overpaid players. However, we've been watching this team overpay guys for a very long time. Riley Reef is overpaid. However, that's a tricky situation. Left tackle is a position you're very, very willing to overpay for. The problem is he's getting paid $11.7 million. He brought about $4 million in valuation. Again, we're looking at a guy that's getting a nearly 200% premium. He's being overpaid by almost twice as much as what he's worth. So what do you do? Well, what you do there is, uh, number one, you would go out in free agency and find somebody that's worth $11 million and you pay him 15 Why would you do that? Because it's a $4 million premium on a guy that's bringing $11 million. 
Again, we're talking about like a 35% premium. It's a much better value, and it's going to help your team overall. You're paying more, which doesn't help your salary cap in a tough situation, but you do these kinds of things over the course of time, like, you know, let's get rid of Xavier Rhodes, and we save $14 million. And this is going to help improve your team, and you'll actually have money to do it if you do things the right way, because you're not paying, guys, like Anthony Barr. Remember when you went out and paid him because he's super critical to your team? Five-year contract worth $67.5 million, $16 million guaranteed. You're paying the guy $12 million a year, 12.6 actually. First of all, just for a linebacker to be able to provide that much value is, is kind of a lot. Eric Kendricks was one of the best linebackers in football, arguably the best. He, according to this, brought about $10 million worth of value. You're paying Anthony Barr $12 million. He's never going to live up to that. There was no reason to overpay him by that much. Another one is Adam Thielen. You're paying him $16.2 million. $16.2 you're paying Adam Thielen on top of Stephon Diggs getting 14.4. Adam Thielen, according to his injury-adjusted value, brought about $5 million. Injury-adjusted average per year about 11. So he's being overpaid by $6 million. It's a heck of a premium. Stephon Diggs being overpaid by $4 million. Linval Joseph, this is a situation of a really talented guy that really deserved a contract that really didn't pan out this year. Now, if he can bounce back and have a an, an elite-type defensive tackle year, great. Then it's worth it. But for a $12 million contract, you better at least bring, bring $8, $9, 10000000 million worth of value. The fact of the matter is the guy's going to be 32 this year, and they paid, and this is the other thing the Vikings do. They give such big contracts. They sign these guys until they're 34, 35 years old. They keep doing that. And the problem is these guys, the talent just keeps going down. So the odds of of this being a good contract over the next several years is very small. Everson Griffin was a little bit overpaid, but that's one I happily pay the premium for. Going down the line, um, Kyle Rudolph, a little bit overpaid, but that's probably fine. Most of these guys are very, very close, but still overpaid is overpaid. And we've got an additional, I don't want to even go through all these guys. We've got an additional probably dozen more guys to go through of about a million or slightly less. But the big problem with the Vikings is that they're sort of like Ted Thompson, but less money conscious. Ted Thompson always wanted to be able to keep his own guy. But if there was a money conflict, he would happily let you go. You're going to come back on a really reasonable contract. You're not coming back. The Vikings want to retain their guys, and they will give anything and everything to do so, especially if they consider you to be a core reason why we're winning. They really like Anthony Barr. They massively overpaid him. They really like Adam Thielen, and they should, but $16.2 million per year is dumb. Flipping over to Detroit now, the big guys that are overpaid, Snacks Harrison, not surprisingly. Now, he's probably, supposedly, we'll see, going to be retiring after this year, which should save him a good portion of money. But one of the biggest problems with Snacks, and they paid him $11.2 million, very good football player, but he's all run defense. And again, we're talking about a guy that's going to turn 32 this year. So when you have no pass rush ability, and even your ability to stop the run starts to dip, you get a situation where the guy brought $2.5 million worth of value and is getting paid $11.2 million. Injury adjusted, they have it at 2.5 and 10.5. $8 million overpaid. 400% premium for a defensive tackle. This is why your team is not good. And listen, that, that could happen to anybody. Right? Nick Perry, I'm sure, was one of the most egregious things ever. But that is going to hurt your team. You can fix it. Again, it happens to everybody, but you have to have the ability to fix it. Brian Gutekunst is going to make mistakes, has made mistakes, but I trust his ability to fix it. Do we really think the Lions have the capacity to not make those kinds of mistakes anymore? I don't know. 
Darius Slay is a guy that I've I've said consistently, and nobody's going to agree with this, including even wide receivers. I've said he's he's fairly overrated. He's good, but he's not like a top five, top ten like everyone says he is. And the fact of the matter is, this was a really down year for Darius Slay. He's a twelve million dollar man, put forth about three million dollars worth of product, overpaid by six million. Justin Coleman, the cornerback, they went out and paid a bunch of money for to play in the slot. He did okay, but about a hundred percent premium. They overpaid him by about the same value that he brought which is around $4 million. They brought in Trey Flowers for $18 bucks. It's hard to provide $18 million worth of value, so you knew you were going to provide a premium. Maybe you're okay with that, because it wasn't that big of a premium. It's about 25%. Or excuse me, it was about 33%. My math is horrible. But uh, you got another free agent tight end that you overpaid for. A lot of their free agents, right? Snacks Harrison is a free agent they overpaid for. Justin Coleman, a free agent they overpaid for. Trey Flowers, a free agent, overpaid. Jesse James, free agent, overpaid. Mike Daniels, free agent, overpaid. He didn't even bring a million dollars worth of value. Injury adjusted, they said he brought about $2 million. So it was about 100% premium. It's not worth it for a defensive tackle, I'm sorry. Unless he's one of the best in football. If you want to give a guy like Kenny Clark 100 well, no, that's ridiculous. Because they're going to pay him $18 million. That would mean he brought 8 no, sorry, not 100%. That's too much. They're overpaying their kicker by $2.5 million. And then again, you got another dozen or so guys beneath that. But that's just, that's painful. And you end up with... A situation where you're paying more than what you're getting. And so finally, the fun one, the Chicago Bears. The great thing about this is that most of these guys are recent signing. Most of these guys are guys that they were betting on, guys that were at their peak and are starting to fade, or maybe just were never that good. The number one most overpaid guy, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller broke out under Fangio because Fangio ran a certain kind of scheme that just kind of fit him. Beyond that, he had a ton of safety help because the safeties were just in their peak. Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson were playing at their their best, but a lot of this was scheme-related. Paying the man $14 million, that's hard to get to. Overpaid him by $8 million. I mentioned Eddie Jackson already. Paid him 14.6. he only brought 6 Being overpaid by more than what he's worth. Of course, the big one, Khalil Mack. $23.5 million per year. Very hard to match that. I think a guy like Khalil Mack can get there, right? But but barely. If he's having one of the best years ever, he'll get to maybe around 23, 24. And again, you're willing to pay a premium. And it's about a 50% premium based on what he got, which is about $15 million. That's what they had him bringing. But still, that that's crushing when it's that big of a number. Uh, Eddie Goldman, another guy that's wildly overrated. He's talented. I really liked him coming out of college, but he's nowhere near as, as good as the hype is. But they signed this defensive tackle to $10.5 million per year. He's bringing $2.5 million, not even. 400% premium for Eddie Goldman. Cody Whitehair, 10.2, he's bringing 5. Cordero, they pay him 5, he's bringing 1. How's that for a shocker? Actually, if we look at his injury adjusted compared to injury adjusted APY, $5 million. You know how much value he $278,000. That's one of the worst I've ever seen. That's 20 times, nearly 20 times. 2,000% premium. Quarterback Chase Daniel, which is shocking. He's only making $5 million. He's overpaid by 3.5. Buster Screen, they went out and paid in free agency, which is ridiculous because he's terrible. Paid him 5.5. Way overpaid for him. Charles Leno is fine. He's overpaid, but it's worth it. Prince of Mukamura getting $9 million is laughable. They've got two tight ends that are overpaid. Bradley Sowell, who's overpaid because he's not bringing any value. Trey Burton's overpaid because they gave him $8 million. The best tight ends in football are bringing about 8 Trey Burton? 1.5, dude. And, and you know, the list just goes on and on and on and on. $25 million they're overpaying. It's wild to me. Anyways, quickly flipping over to the Green Bay Packers now. Um, because it's the Packers and because they are pretty good at what they do, uh, I want to start with 
the best value. So Aaron Jones is number one. Not surprisingly, number two is Kenny Clark. He's getting paid on average $2.3 million per year. He brought $12.6 million in value. $12 million for a defensive tackle is a lot. Number three on this list, they have Blake Martina. Now, obviously this is more statistic-driven than PFF-driven, but it's also mainly because he's still on a rookie contract worth $600,000, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I feel like Blake has been playing for the Packers forever, and the dude's getting about a half a million dollars a year. He's probably making more money on Twitch right now. That was a joke, but seriously. But still, I mean, that doesn't change for me the equation. Because I think the problem with him is the, the, the functional aspect. He's not able to do the things that Mike Pettin would like him to do. I actually still believe Blake Martinez can go somewhere else and thrive. And that does not mean, oh, see, Mike Pettin's terrible. I think there's a scheme issue here. I think he fit better under um, Dom Capers. I think he actually did well under Dom Capers. As a rookie, he wasn't very good. He broke out in year two. He was a very good linebacker. I just think it's a different scheme and we need a different kind of linebacker. I think he can go get paid somewhere else. If somebody else wants to pay him the $8 million that this is saying he's worth, go pay him it. $9 million. I know his agent's saying like 13 or something dumb, whatever. Um, fourth most valuable player, Mr. Elton Jenkins. Not being underpaid, he's getting $1.7 million, but he brought about $7.6 million in value. Crushing it. There's a bunch of guys that are at least three over. Zadarius. I mentioned how his average per year is actually 16 and a half, I guess. I've been saying 17, whatever, close enough. But he brought $20.2 million worth of value. What an incredible year. I don't know if we can ever expect a year like that again, but um, the fact that they dropped $16.5 million per year on him and he's actually overperforming is shocking. Because I don't think they expected that. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I think you expect to give a little bit of a premium. You bake the premium in. And so you figure if he's getting $11, $12 million worth of value, it's a 33% premium, whatever, it's it's fine. He brought 20. Um, Jair actually did pretty well. Getting paid 3, says he was worth about 6. Darnell Savage getting paid 3, worth 5.2. Even Bakhtiari, which is awesome because he's getting paid $12 million. And this is one of those situations where you could easily be overpaying and would happily pay a premium. I talked about guys like Charles Leno. He's getting a premium, so what? He's your left tackle. If you're overpaying by a million or two, who cares? It's worth it. Go ahead and do that. Now, maybe you don't want to because he's not actually that good and you want to do better at the position. That's fine. But in general, if you're paying a little bit of a premium, who cares? The fact that he's overperforming, even his contract, is crazy. And it's how the Packers end up with so much value. Because that, And that's the other thing. At the time of the contract, you look at these and go, wow, how are they ever going to sustain this kind of a, of, a, of a contract? You look at it now and you think a left tackle making you know, $12 million a year is not that much. And the fact that he's overproducing based on the contract, and it's like, these guys are geniuses. But anyways, for the interest of time, I want to flip it and look at some of the more negative contracts. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He's getting paid a premium. I also think that this is sort of sort of his floor, I guess you could say. I think as they begin to unveil the scheme and get him some more weapons, I think this $25 million in value that he brought is going to go up. And again, I think that level of premium is it's probably the most you want, you know, 33-ish percent, maybe a little bit more because he's a quarterback, but... I think it's it's doable. Number two, not surprisingly, is Jimmy Graham. Brought, according to this, about $5 million worth of value. Statistically, he wasn't terrible. But um, you also have to remember that most tight ends are terrible, or at least not that productive. So when you see Jimmy Graham ranked like 10th in this category, it's like, okay, well, five of them are good. So let's take this with <laughs> let's, let's Let's be honest about what we're talking about here. And so when I'm looking at this, and here's the other thing that's interesting, and we are short on time, but looking at value that was brought, 
according to this, Austin Hooper brought about $8 million worth of value. He's one of the, the higher-up guys. But it is kind of exciting to look at that and say, okay, so if we pay Austin Hooper and he can continue to do what he's doing, $8 million, you're getting exactly what you pay for. If you give him 10 that's a little bit of a premium, which it seems like the Packers are more than willing to do that, considering, again, they knew 100% that Jimmy Graham was never bringing $10 million. So, again, I, I don't see any – not like we can just go buy him like he's at the supermarket. There's there's a process. There's does he want to come here. And then there's also competition with all the other teams in the NFL. But I, I, I think the Packers would be willing. I think the Packers would be able. And I do think it would be worth the money. Not much more than about $10 million, though. Uh, the next most highest guy is a guy that I've mentioned, and that is Corey Lindsley. Corey's good, Corey's fine, but you take positional value into account, he's bringing about $4.5 million worth of value. He's fine, but it's very replaceable. That's the biggest issue with Lindsley. And maybe I shouldn't say very replaceable, because you can go backwards in a hurry with offensive line, and if you get a really bad offensive lineman, you're in trouble. But if you even get a, a decent center which I think is very doable and very, you know, you can expect to get a guy that's pretty, you know, decent. And we could even talk about the guys that we have now. If we keep, for example, Lane Taylor to play guard, move Elton Jenkins to center, we've kind of satisfied that already. And we don't have to pay Corey Lindsley $8.5 million, which is his per-year average. According to this, he was overpaid by about $4 million. Other guys that really mean something, um, Billy Turner, probably not super surprised. Dean Lowry, who just got paid, also not super surprised. Although they're only paying him 6.7, Dean Lowry just isn't a super elite player. Again, I think he just kind of fits the role of what they're looking for. But, um, you know, whatever. Another one that's tricky that I don't like to see or acknowledge, and I, I, th- I actually think it might be worth the premium, but Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby, even on a good year, they put his value at about $3 million. Because kickers just aren't worth much. He's getting paid 4 So it's not that big of a premium, and I, I personally think it's worth it but it's something to consider. Um, other guys that are overpaid that could possibly be moving on. Somehow Montrevious Adams is overpaid, getting $815,000. Uh, Geronimo, not by much, but still, I mean, what are we talking, what's the point? And so not not all that many. And some of these guys are young guys that aren't getting many opportunities. Rashawn Gary, right, he's a first-round draft pick, getting paid $4 million a year. He hardly saw the field. Of course he's not going to reach $4 million worth of value when he's getting eight snaps a game. Am I super worried about that? No. Adrian Amos was on this list. I don't think anyone's super upset about it. He brought, according to this, almost $6 million worth of value. He's getting paid $9 million on average. Again, that's a premium that I think the Packers are willing to pay, especially when you factor in the market. $9 million isn't all that much. I think that that's fine. So, anyways, that is that. Again, this is another fun exercise, and it's another way to contextualize some of the stuff that we're talking about. Because we see it all the time on Twitter and Facebook. He's overpaid. He's this. He's that. Okay. Well, let's let's actually put some some context to this. And I, I think this is all extremely valuable, not just for us, but looking at other teams, forecasting into the future. If you're trying to, you know, if, if you're looking to invest in a business or even buy a business, th- this is like looking at their financials. The Packers' financials are in great shape. The Lions, the Bears, the Vikings, not great. And it's funny, too, because if we were to continue this financial lingo, you're looking at the Bears and Lions as failing businesses, but the Vikings are one of those that you look at and say, ooh, I want to buy that team, until you dig into the financials and realize this is kind of a mess. And so, no, you don't want to invest in the Vikings. But anyways, that's it. You've got today and tomorrow to get in on Patreon, by the way, or to give in some capacity to get involved in this giveaway. If you don't, there'll be another one next month. But uh, the giveaway will be a free T-shirt. So head on over to the, uh, there's a link in the description to the Teespring store. 
look around at the different designs and which ones you like and don't like. Because if you win, tell me what you like and it's coming to your house. So anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Goodbye.